Welcome to Girls' Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray, and with me I have my incredible co-host, Drew Haskins. How's it going, Drew? It's going. Um, apologies to anyone listening. If I send a little horse this week, I'm kind of getting over a cold, but I my energy level is high, my thoughts are clear, and I'm excited to talk about these episodes with you, Julia raring to go yeah it's been a week or two i guess since we revisited the girls how was your break from the show so it's been okay i so i've actually filled the girls void with another girls titled show on hbo um sex lives of college girls which i have like danced around watching for a really long time because they don't usually enjoy mindy kaling stuff that much but no I kept project? seeing, I'm sorry. No Mindy project. Uh, I watched a season and a half really fell off. Watched like an episode of two of never have I ever like, didn't love it. I oh. love sex lives with college girls though. It's like a perfect, like turn off your brain sitcom. And it's, it's like exactly what I needed right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, it's a lot less like cutesy than I thought it was going to be. So that also helps a lot. Mm. Yeah, Mindy Kaling is uh, nothing if not cutesy. I really liked the Mindy Project when I first moved to New York. Mm-hmm. I watched it a lot. <laughs> she definitely has a, t- a type across all these shows, I will say. Like, Chris, there there is a very, like, Christmas scene e character mm-hmm. on Sex Lives of College Girls <laughs> who also is a comedy writer who looks suspiciously like bj novak so it's just all these like uh you know weird little things you know just little motifs uh-huh i uh, feel like she's she's our last piece of twee yeah because like zoe deschanel's off doing her own like property brother renovation think, yeah. era now so like yeah i don't really know I don't really know who else would have the mantle, but I, I Sex Lives of College Girls cannot recommend enough. Not twee even a little bit, which I think is like just what I needed. So Definitely. Yeah. I, how was your how's your break from girls? Um it I, I was tempted to watch it a few times just to um, you know, get my thoughts ready for this episode, but I wanted to wait so I could have it fresh. So instead, I did watch the Thanksgiving episode of Gossip Girl, which feels like spiritually on the same plane. Yeah. Very different programs, but I guess they hold a similar place in my heart. Yeah, I mean, but like we've talked extensively about our love of both of those shows. Like those Thanksgiving episodes were the show at their peak, Mm -hmm. too. Like... Even in, like, bad seasons, like, the Thanksgiving episode was always, like... Is there a Thanksgiving episode of Girls? Uh, not off the top of my head. Is there even a Christmas episode? I think yes, for sure. Well, I think there there is. I think it's later on, though, like, in, like, season five or six. Sure. But I'm not giving into the. I mean, it doesn't fit the tone of the show for sure. But no, I. It's almost refreshing not to make any of these episodes like explicitly holiday focused. Like I can't even think of a Halloween episode. No, like, 
really it's all point. it's just kind of these like mundane periods in these girls lives and like that's what we're cataloging like there's no like even, season there's no birthday episode either is there a birthday episode there, must there be. might be that actually sounds more i feel like there's a shoshana birthday episode yeah okay all right well there goes our theory but maybe isn't all. wait isn't the beach house episode don't they go up oh, for Marnie's shoshana's birthday, birthday? oh maybe it is marnie's birthday or something you're right you're right you're right um, oh. but yeah, I'm, I'm that we're like staring down the barrel of covering that episode very soon i'm so excited so to talk excited. about it oh my god i we were just talking about it today that is going to be a a very special episode well i got spooked by the thumbnail for episode nine which is next week but i saw marnie with a microphone in in her stronger dress and i felt chills like full body chills like shaking and crying i've never felt this bad so definitely uh stealing myself (laughs) for next week we have a a a guest who might come on next week who i think would be perfect for that episode perfection yeah perfection If, if scheduling allows um but yeah i think we could get into it i mean we last left off with Hannah having her idyllic weekend with this divorced dad, Park Slope man, Patrick Wilson. Um, that ended very quickly, and she kind of retreated into this narcissistic state. Um, so that was a nice little bottle episode. And then Marnie and Booth Jonathan, their relationship imploded. Marnie realized that... <laughs> terrible terrible time for marnie in this episode she thought she was hosting his party his stupid little art party as a girlfriend but he really just wanted her to be a hostess for him so their relationship's over and then adam and ray go to staten island on a um a mission that turns into a boy trip that turns into a downward spiral yeah, I mean, re- they were uh, returning a stolen dog, which is yes. <laughs> such a, such an Adam thing to do. Oh I God. know. I I think it's funny. Like those were two kind of bottle ish episodes, uh, and we have another one that we're about to talk about. I, I think it's interesting that season two is just filled with these kind of vignettes. Yeah, I th- I like it as a way to deepen the characters. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, like, the secondary girls, so to speak. Like, at least these first two seasons, it really feels like Hannah and Marnie are the two leads. Mm -hmm. And then Jessa and Shosh are, like, the second-tier girls. And eventually that, like, evens out a little bit more. But, like, I think this is the first explicitly, like, Jessa-centric. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, yeah, Jessa and Hannah are going upstate to visit Jessa's dad, and you kind of see the father-daughter relationship unravel, and his kind of, uh, I guess, absentness speaks volumes about the way Jessa is. Yeah. So, like, he is, well, A, his name is Salvatore Johansson, (laughs) which is, like, once again, incredible character name from this show. Yes. Um, he's, <laughs> he's like, the list. 
I couldn't really tell what is like he's some kind of like sculptor or artist who lives upstate and has been like in and out of rehab in the same way that like I guess Jessa was when she was in college mm-hmm. um but he basically gave up on the program went like ran away with the masseuse from the rehab and is now living with her and her son in like a rabbit hutch. Yes, that is it is a rabbit hutch. Yeah. Uh, Pe- Petula is her name and she's played by Rosanna Arquette, which is Patricia's Patricia Arquette's sister, which I did not know. Yes, and she she's like um 80s 90s like character actress icon. Like she's in like Desperately Seeking Susan with Madonna and one of my favorite movies, Crash, um, by David Cronenberg. She is so good. And the her dad, Justin's dad's played by Ben Mendelsohn, who's like classic, like one of those guys, character actors. And mm-hmm. I thought he was so good in this, like so good in this. They were both great. They played this perfect, horrible, new agey couple. Yeah. And, like, very believably, um, Jessa's parents. Like, if you had told me that that was Jessa's biological mom, I would have been like, yeah, that that all tracks to me. Right. It's supposed to be her stepmom, though, yeah? Yeah, stepmom. Which which also makes sense. Um, She calls Jessa a beautiful black pearl. Is that the – am I saying that correct? Yeah. Uh, it, it, you also see the kind of maybe fraught relationship between Jessa and the stepmom. Also, maybe ha- it's it's almost like the stepmom is the bright version of dark Jessa's own kind of new agey thing. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, you kind of see these different flavors of how, like, new age philosophy is, like, you know, weaponizes ignorance almost. Like, I, I think, like, Petula definitely would have been an anti-vaxxer in today's Oh, my age. God, yeah. She says, um, life is just a video game. And then Hannah's like, do you have any scientific evidence of that? That sounds really stressful. And then Petula goes, of course not, because scientists lie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, she would absolutely be on, like, the seed oils and microplastics tip, like, Absolutely. If you were up and running today. Oh my God. That's so funny. I did like how um, Jessa and her dad like immediately slip into this fun like accent pattern yes. that they do with each other. Like it was it very like, I mean, Lena's just such an economical writer. Like that was a really good way to like build intimacy and like a shared history between Mm -hmm. these characters like they do relate to each other on some level it's just like they're i mean they're just too free-spirited for each other and we'll i mean we'll get into like more of it it's also worth pointing out that when they're speaking and the the accents are indiscernible (laughs) yeah they're like a a mix between cockney and gibberish maybe yeah and hannah like Hannah was out of pocket this episode, I thought, in a lot of ways. <laughs> like, sure. I would never speak to my friend's parents like this, if, especially if I had just met them. No, she's she's not a parent's girl, for sure. <laughs> Whose girl is she, though? Like, 
That's a good point. Like, I, I genuinely don't know how she exists in this world. Like, I the the big flaw I kind of feel with season two, and this mm-hmm. goes into the next episode, is that, like, the Hannah character is written, like, a little too outsizedly crazy or, mm-hmm. like, antisocial. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting point. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's she is somehow so believable though i think maybe because it is an unbelievable character but it's also a very consistent character yeah it's believable in its specificity yeah exactly yeah i I get that she never does something that you're like well hannah wouldn't do that but she does do things that um a normal (laughs) everything she does is like we wouldn't do that Yeah. yeah i i feel like i I feel like I've come across a Hannah in the wild, though. Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. It's more more so next episode is when I kind of... Well, no, actually, so this is a good segue into the other sort of, like, Hannah B-plot this episode. Mm-hmm. Jessa's awkward turtleneck-wearing stepbrother, Frank, is, like, I thought he was supposed to be 15 or something, but I guess he's not. He's, like, 18, I'm... 19. yeah. He just, like, lives at home, has this one, like, lacrosse bro friend who I had to Google the actor um, because he looked really familiar. And I found out that he is one half of a very famous, like, TikTok gay couple that, like, monetizes there. It's great. I'll I'll have to send it to you afterwards. But, like, he has not worked as an actor in, like, five years. But I'm sure he has made thousands of dollars off of like sponsored content on tiktok for doing like his and his like toolkits and stuff but i'm sure, I'm sure tens of thousands if he's like tens, a big... i i hope he's a millionaire <laughs> like wow i mean I, honestly better career path for him i support it it was just it's so embarrassing to be like wait how do i know this person and then have it be tiktok <laughs> like especially that genre of tiktok like i just wasn't wasn't ready for that but um so jessa and hannah are like abandoned by jessa's parents because they're going to a lecture and so they just get drunk and go for a joyride with like the guys yeah it's this really um stressful scene they're listening to music i mean they're doing exactly what um they tell you not to do in high school and it it becomes clear that they're hanging out with a bunch of high schoolers. They're yeah. doing whippets in the car and swerving and Jessa like covers Frank's eyes while he's driving. It, it's, it's very stressful. And then Hannah makes them pull over and, and then uh, runs into, I guess the woods and Frank chases after her. And that, and that's when things get um, worse. Yeah. So Hannah's like stressed out. She's there's some line earlier in the episode. Um, I think Jessica says, "Oh yeah, Jessica says to Hannah that the most noble thing a woman can do is help a boy find his sexuality, not right. a doctor or firefighter." <laughs> and that's what Hannah does in like the cemetery with Frank. Like they have like uncomfortable eight second sex, and then. I think Hannah thinks that Jess is going to hook up with the other guy. Mm-hmm. That's that's what she said. She said, 
they she goes back to the car and tells Jessa she, she just had sex with Frank for eight seconds and Jess is completely disgusted with her and Hannah goes, well, I thought that's what we were here to do, which is, I mean, a crazy thing to assume. It's also just, you know, in one of the last episodes we watched, um, she kind of has this, Hannah has this realization, like, why am I just doing things that, why am I not respecting myself to gather stories? But here she is doing it again. You yeah. Know? There's there's no other possible explanation for um, like having sex with this. Not I mean it's not I don't know this very awkward nineteen year old. Yeah, this guy's um once again the costuming and styling on the show continues to wreck my life because the way they did this. I, I looked up the actor. He's very attractive or was attractive in real life. He's dead, but like look really really cute and they have just dis- disguised him underneath like the most awkward turtleneck quarterzek hybrid and like i think he also has like cut. sorry say that again i was it's like a butt about. cut hybrid bowl cut horrible like, he's also horrible like, let it be known this what year did this come out 2013 20... uh, 2013 now i think what he's wearing would maybe be considered hip in some um gen z corners he's wearing this like weird like maybe pink ll bean turtleneck and i think i think overalls maybe i'm maybe that's my mind creating something but definitely has a walkman yeah julia are you familiar with the rapper um oliver tree oh unfortunately okay he looks (laughs) wait wait, are we talking about the same person yeah, I'm sending you a picture right now. Hold on. Oh, yeah, no, this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Does he not? Uh, yeah, no, they look... That's it. That's, I think that's what I had in my mind's eye. <laughs> Oliver Tree. Uh, oh, my God. Gus Dapperton looking ass. Oh, not Gus Dapperton. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, uh, um, but it's just, you know, the self-destructive hannah and like you were saying drew i i do wonder if this was um a a step too far in the writing like a little bit unrealistic i don't know yes and no yeah like i i mean she is so adrift right now as we see next episode like she is really not thinking clearly but yeah, I mean, I this this really seemed like very kind of out of nowhere. I think this could have honestly been a Jessa solo episode, and it would have been mm-hmm. just as good because we see. So the morning afterwards, like Jessa confronts her dad for walking out on her family and leaving her with her mom, who like in season one, Jessa talks about how her mom was really absent too. So she essentially raised herself it seems mm-hmm. um but her dad is also just like an overgrown child oh yeah and he's like you weren't there for me like we're not we're not there for each other and she's like i you have to be there for me i'm the child which is like really kind yeah i um before we move on to that like scene i do also want to say in terms of realism i I, i'm 
the more I talk about it, the more I think like, I don't know how useful it is to um, criticize it for being not realistic because, you know, it's a TV show, of course, but also like, I don't know. Hannah is just such a caricature and so is Jessa. No, that's, that's totally fair. They're very heightened people. Mm -hmm. I don't know why this felt like outside the like heightened yeah all of it but that's what it is maybe yeah um but okay before we go into jessa and her dad's confrontation maybe we should talk about when hannah confronts frank oh right (laughs) at the the table oh my god um he he's just sitting there in silence and then hannah comes in and starts talking to him about what happened and I, I, what does she say? She asks if it was his first time. Yeah, and then he's like, it was his second time. <laughs> and he also says that um, he feels like she used him sexually. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, and Hannah's denying that it was even sex because I, I think he says he like came on her leg or something. Her um, thigh crease. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just. Oh, vile. Oh, my God. I mean, like, it's, she's very evocative. You can't, you can't say she's not an evocative writer. Um, But no, he, like, claims that his first time was with a girl named Rihanna. (laughs) I also think it's so, like, Hannah or Lena Dunham does a really good job of receiving in that moment, like, reacting. She's like, oh, oh, her name was Rihanna. (laughs) Yeah. She's so funny. I mean, she's just, she's a very good comedic actor. Like, uh-huh. I, I was, I mean, we, so we, I mean, outside of the context of girls, like, we both listen to Who Weekly, and she called in Who Weekly to dispel uh, some rumors oh the God. other week about her feud, or not so much of a feud with Melissa Joan Hart from uh, Clarissa the Teen, or Clarissa explains it all in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I always call it Clarissa the Teenage Witch for some reason. But um, even her call in Who Weekly was very funny. And I would definitely recommend people go check that out. I can't believe we haven't brought that up yet. I guess it was during our break. Yeah. So funny. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, she's a a natural comedian. She, I mean, she she deserves everything she has. (laughs) She really does. (laughs) Uh, what do you think about her? Um, didn't she do an architectural digest tour or something? Is that yes, what it was? I or, have or not some watched. home tour through a magazine. I haven't watched it. I did skim through it. I mean, she has really good taste. Like, I kind of love the shabby chic vibe that she has going on. I feel um, like that it was um, people had it was divisive. I think anything she does is going to be divisive. Like <laughs> that. <laughs> Like, if that apartment were anyone else's apartment, I'm sure people would not be. That's a good point. On it as I, mean, well. I need to take another look because I think at first glance I was I was intrigued, and then I looked again and I thought, I don't know, this this is looking very um, coming soon New York. I say that with as someone who owns yeah. from coming soon. New York, <laughs> but <laughs> well, I mean, some of those AB tours feel very like sterile the places don't really feel super lived in and i mean the the ad tour in and of itself is most of the time a an ad like because these 
celebrities are usually about to sell the houses that they're showing off. And I learned that from Who Weekly. So thank you again, Who Weekly, for teaching me that. But I don't think, I think Lena's still living in that place. So as far as I know. She has some good art I'm looking now. I would hope so, (laughs) given her. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I mean, exactly. I'm sure she inherited quite a few pieces as well. Uh, Okay, we should move back into the episode. Um, So Jessa confronts her dad for walking out on her family. Oh, before this, though, uh, Jessa's dad tries to make things right by offering like a proper family dinner. So he drives them to the grocery store and then leaves. Wait, this is, that was after. Oh, that was after. Yeah. I messed it up. Okay. Jessa confronts her dad for walking out on her family back at the, back at the cookie home. And, um, I don't know. It's a really great back and forth between them. I think Jemima is, you know, an all-star in this scene, but I don't think she was given a lot dialogue wise. I feel like there are a lot of lines that, um, there's one line line I wrote down, down. You have no idea how much time I spent waiting for you, which just like a lot of the lines feel very cliche to me. Very cliche, but like I'm the child is so cutting. Yeah. Like it's such a simple thought, but it's such a profound one too. Like, yeah, I definitely agree though, though, like very cliched otherwise and really elevated by the acting. Totally. Yeah. I did notice that this episode had three writers as opposed to just the usual, like, Lena plus one. So I don't know if it just was a little clunkier. The next one was, too. Yeah, no, that actually, that feels relevant. Um, But Jess's dad, at the end of this conversation, uh, kind of offers to, you know, do a whole family dinner, make dinner together, all sit down. And takes Hannah and Jess to the grocery store or this kind of um, like town store. I don't know. He says he's in a fight with the manager, so he can't go in. And then he drives away and doesn't come back. Yeah. Um, upsetting. It's really sad. And then we see Jessa kind of mimic his behavior later when she disappears from Hannah and Hannah's kind of left on her own to uh, go back, get back to New York. Yep. And this is something that we know Jessa does because in the pilot episode, they established that like she has a habit of just kind of running off and showing up abruptly, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I guess it's learned behavior, but. Definitely. I I thought this episode did a really good job of um, making that mirror you know, between her dad and her. Um, but also at the end of the episode, Hannah calls her parents to thank them for being supportive. I think just after seeing what Jessa went through and how her dad is shitty. Um, so I thought that was another interesting mirror or parallel between these two characters. Yep. Like, I thought this scene was, writing-wise, way more successful than the jessa and her dad scene like it felt very in character like i just i love the way they write hannah's parents too yeah Um, the way that they're like this thing this like trajectory from concern to like genuinely being moved to then being suspicious all over again i mean it's very uh 
Very believable. <laughs> um, yeah, there's another point also when um, Hannah and Jessa are in bed and um, Jessa says something like, I, I don't think I was in the right mental place to see my father. And um, Hannah says, well, who's ever in the right mental place to see their parents? And um, Jessa says, don't act, please don't act like our parents are the same, which is another you know, interesting kind of look at just Hannah's like relative privilege and the different character yeah. upbringings. Like Hannah pushes her parents away for like, because that's what she thinks like a tortured artist should do. But like, I mean, her parents are nothing but supportive and I mean, at least for now, pretty put together. So yeah. Um, should we move have- on to episode eight? Yes, absolutely. I was just okay. going to mention the Amy Mann needle drop at the end oh, of that episode. Yeah, the soundtrack this episode was great between um, that song and then they had uh, My Silver Lining by Rilo Kiley, which is like one of my all-time favorite songs. Um, great, yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, yeah, let's move on to the next episode. Yeah. I didn't like this one, did you? I, I, I like, this is, I do like this episode. Okay. Uh, I like it. I, I see why you might not, but I like this. Um, I guess I don't like it, but I'm in, intrigued by the OCD storyline for Hannah. So, yeah, this is a big episode for both Hannah and Adam. Um, Hannah's dealing with OCD and Adam's dealing with addiction. So I think it's a, I don't know, we, we've gotten hints along the way of both uh, Hannah and Adam's issues, but we kind of get a a deeper look in this episode, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it definitely is also a table setting episode for some of the stuff that happens in the next two. Like maybe that's also why I was kind of lukewarm about it, just because in general table setting episodes are not totally fun ones. And also these, these two dueling plot lines are... Um, things I've been vocal about my worry about since we started this show. <laughs> so I'm uh, now that we're here, maybe that's just I'm like recoiling a little bit. But the the Hannah OCD of it all, I remember at the time, a lot of writers talked about how she thought she was portraying obsessive compulsive disorder in a cartoonish way. Really, but I feel she- like. I- she also t- she did come back and say that those like the quote unquote symptoms that she was writing into the show were drawn from her real life. I feel like I remember people. I mean, maybe I, maybe I, I read some of uh, some criticism as well, but I feel like I also read a lot of stuff that was praising the show for, um, like an accurate depiction because I feel like it's maybe. Maybe it seems a little cartoonish, but I, I think it's just uh, an exaggerated version of what some people with OCD actually go now, through. I, I think you're definitely right. Um, and I'm sure a lot of that criticism was pretty knee-jerk against like the show itself and like Lena fatigue. But Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to watch. I mean, she's she has a fixation with the number eight and she like parcels out all of her like activities like even the most minute activities in her life into like like eight repetitions of the same thing Mm -hmm. 
So she's she's counting eight chips. She's eating them at the same time and then counting eight bites. Just everything from that to slamming the door eight times. Kind of, I, I, typical is the wrong word, but, you know, I see why someone might think that's cartoonish. Um, but I, I also think it it's interesting to... It's in, it makes Hannah a more sympathetic character, I think, um, seeing from this point of view. Yeah. One, like, it, 100%. Like, it just, it's hard to see her in disarray. And this is obviously the worst time for her parents to come into town, too. Mm-hmm. So they're in town for a Judy Collins concert. Which... I love. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, I mean, I love I love Judy Collins. Like, great to actually see her show up on the show. I know. That was big, big success. At Cafe Carlisle, which I'm <laughs> sure, I mean, I'm sure she actually does shows um, too. I also think seeing uh, Hannah's parents, seeing them see her, it makes it more real. Yeah. Um, he tabbed, Hannah's father says, if your head head is filling up and you're getting county, we need to know. And he suggests bringing her, bringing her home to see her pediatrician, which is all very, I mean, a, a funny detail for her. I guess she's still in college in this. Like, I think I still went to my pediatrician when I was in college. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I went to my pediatrician until I was fully graduated. So <laughs> that makes sense. Um like yeah seeing the like very different ways that like her parents process her like recurrence of OCD versus how Hannah processes it is interesting Mm -hmm. like her mom immediately gets like kind of defensive and scared and and I mean Hannah's defensive too but like she she's just pretending that nothing's wrong Mm -hmm. around them and it's talking about like a book you know, the book proposal that, or book pages that she hasn't actually written yet. Yeah, she's kind of spiraling. I mean, also, I mean, Hannah looks so exhausted. The makeup and costuming and hair, it really, really sells it. Yeah, I mean, she looks disheveled all the time, but like, yeah, this episode especially, it's really... She looks like she's been up for like five nights. Yeah. Um. So she, they go to this concert and then like they get in kind of an argument about how Hannah doesn't think her parents were affected by the OCD. And like, even though that it took so much emotional labor and care to get her in a safe place. Um, so she like storms out, but like hits a guy a few times. Yeah, he says, you hit my chair like five times. And then she turns around and says, it was eight times. And uh, it's it, funny, sad. Then she goes home and talks to herself in the mirror, says, you are fine and good eight times, and then says it backwards. Um, and then I think we, we from there, um, the next time we see her, she's at the pediatrician's office. Yeah, they take her to this, like, child therapist played by Bob Balaban from, like, all those Christopher Guest movies. Mm-hmm. And the <laughs> this was so, so bad, but also very funny. Like, Tad is to Hannah's like, you're not anorexic. I've I've seen you in a bathing suit because like, Hannah's like, at least I'm not anorexic. 
Yeah. Or, uh, oh god. Oh my god. That line, and then um, the line where uh, Hannah goes, "It's genetic," which is sort of the ultimate your fault. Yeah. <laughs> both, both stick with me. Oh my god, that is so cruel to say. To I know. <laughs> like, talk about passing the buck. Like, ugh. but that's kind of where we leave Hannah this episode. I mean, she's she's not in a good place and then these last two episodes she really bottoms out so yeah we will we'll catch up we'll catch up with her next week um but i think this show the show also or this episode um did a really good job with a realistic depiction of adam as like a recovering alcoholic yeah this plot line i thought was a lot more cohesive yeah so Adam goes to AA um, with Carol Kane, who I love. She plays kind love of a, she's a kooky mom. She's a <laughs> kooky the, New Yorker. Like, kooky New Yorker, God, yeah. Mom's the mom. She's great that's in great. everything, but she has a very limited range. <laughs> but she, she really, you know, she makes a meal out of that limited range. Yep. She um, was very, very funny. Yeah, she, uh, before we get into her, maybe just worth um, talking about Adam in AA uh, has this kind of, it, it, we, we gather that he hasn't spoken yet and then he stands up towards the end when they're talking about who's going to bring cookies next time and just says, hi, I'm Adam, I'm an alcoholic, and then <laughs> goes into it, starts talking about Hannah uh, and how she was a crutch for him and he wanted someone to show everything too because she was kind of just a like a puppy or an infant um so i thought that showed some character development for him which felt real yeah definitely felt real and also like it it humanized him a little bit more because we've sort of seen him be this like cartoony bad boyfriend in some ways like he's he's a well-written character but like getting to see him very vulnerable like this and not necessarily angry was a nice shade to play and as always like adam driver's fantastic at acting mm-hmm. um I, yeah i completely agree definitely humanized him um after just i i don't this isn't the first time we've seen him out of his apartment but it's it's one of the first times this is yeah one of the first times we've seen because i can really only think of him like walking in the street being in the apartment or being at that like black box theater where he like storms out. Going to Staten Island with Ray. Once, yeah. And this, then is, this is the first time we've seen him kind of be civil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And not like, I mean, he is kind of like a wild animal of a man. Yeah. In situations, but, and I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't have like great social cues, like monologuing while they're trying to like do coffee hours Mm-hmm. Not great, but um, it does, I mean, it's a nice monologue though, and obviously, like Carol Kane sees a lot in him mm-hmm. to set him up with her daughter Natalia, played by Cherie Appleby. Yeah, uh, after the meeting, Carol Kane comes up to him and has this great, 
I, I don't know if it's a monologue, but says he says he's like cute as a dimple on a bug's ass and just has a has a really perfect perfect moment. That's all. I mean, I, I wish we saw more from her this episode, but that's really all all she needed to do was say a bunch of <laughs> weird shit she's for a minute. A wacky straight. woman, yeah. Uh-huh. She's great. Um, She's so funny. Yeah. yeah so then really, Adam really goes on. What? I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no. So Adam goes on the date with her daughter, Natalia, played by Sheree Appleby. And I just like saying Sheree Appleby. So sorry if I've said it so many times. But um, she is like a private eyes assistant or something. Bizarre job um, for this woman's daughter to yeah. have but Cra- well crazily this is a story for off pod i did date a privatized assistant for three years what? so yeah that's we'll talk about this off pod but okay. i'll I, I i have stories obviously but um yeah no this this was a real this was this made me laugh for that reason but um they actually have a really cute date yeah um we we see adam um kind of from Cherie Appleby's point of view at first, before she even walks in, um, you see all the tables and then you see Adam's large lumbering body sitting down and picking up the napkin with his teeth, just kind of looking like a, a very cute freak, but definitely a freak. And then she comes in all, all cute and normal and they actually hit it off. Yeah, I mean, the napkin picking up was a little off, but, like, if I saw a guy <laughs> doing that, if, if I were late for a date, I would actually think that was funny. I would laugh. I would laugh. Yeah, it just, it's funny. It's, it's, again, it's funny seeing him in, like, outside of his apartment, because he, he really does have this, like, in, he's not, you can't ignore him. He's a no. big man with a with a goofy demeanor. And so like seeing him at a restaurant in New York is um he, he looks out of his element and it's great. This is also the first time that we've seen him play off of a normal human being, or like at least someone who's not like one of the girls. Like mm-hmm. seeing him recontextualize like this, at least for this episode, is really sweet and charming. Mm-hmm. It definitely also calls into question. I mean, he he always was crazy, but like he and Hannah were kind of feeding off of each other. Yeah, definitely like mutually assured destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we can move on from Adam. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about Marnie? <laughs> yes. Oh my. I, okay. I love Marnie in this episode. She's just trying to crawl her way back to Charlie um, now that he's successful. So. She she hears from Shosh, I think from Shosh, uh, that Charlie has an app now and he sold it to a big tech tycoon. And the app is called Forbid. <laughs> and it, it prevents you from calling people that you shouldn't call. So like you put your ex on the list and if you break your word, you have to pay $10, which is honestly, it sounds like something that's real. Yeah, especially for, like, once again, like, her her way of naming things, like, between jazz hate and forbid, like, she's forbid so good at skewering, like, early 2010s, like, media and tech culture, like, 
that mm-hmm. that app sounds so stupid today, like with the benefit of hindsight. But in 2013, someone definitely would hear something like that and be like, oh, yeah, like, let, let's do it. Like, that sounds like something people would just like download. I mean, honestly, that's something I, I think I probably have downloaded in the past. I like think <laughs> how many stupid apps that we have downloaded in our lifetimes. Like I like or I can't think of the last time I downloaded an app that wasn't just like a new like food delivery service. Yeah, but yeah. When have, apps like, were fun. Yeah, like the mustache app or like paper buy we buy beard? What's buy beard? No, no, I beer. Like you know, oh, you, like you drinking a beer. beer yeah, and you could pretend to drink it. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I'm, like, people were just making shit to make shit. <laughs> like, wow! And you, you can like, sell it to like, I know. Like, people were just saying like coders run loose, and that is probably not good for society. In Toto, <laughs> it was good for Charlie. Um, Very now, good for Charlie. I now, love like, this. At this insane 2013 millennial office. Oh my god, it's so like BuzzFeedy. I'm sorry, it is like you can tell it's open concepts. Like every everyone there is dressed like exactly the same in like American apparel gear. The moment yeah. where everyone like storms out of the office to go lip dub to teach me how to Dougie <laughs> made me want to absolutely vom. Um, um, I the most 2013 thing I can think of. Like, this wow. it's a miracle lip that they didn't do, do like. What? I said lip Sorry. dubs walked so TikTok could run. Yeah, I would say like that is a necessary evolution we've made for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. Maybe maybe we gotta run it back a few years. If Gen but... Z redoes like the Harlem Shake for the TikTok era. <laughs> Uh, okay, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I mean, it would be nostalgia for us, for us, by us, maybe. But, um, oh my God. So okay. Marnie, Marnie comes into his office unexpected and <laughs> sees Charlie and is trying to talk him up. And she says she's there for support, which makes absolutely no sense. Um, and he clearly doesn't really want anything to do with her. He's like, yeah, well, okay, there's a conference room. There's a snack room. There's free candy. What do you want? Um, thinks she wants money, and she doesn't. And then the, the lip dub thing happens, and he leaves. Yeah. Hard to watch. Yeah. Everyone's on a spiral this season, like... And I mean, it it gets worse. Like we see, so Marnie goes home. She's in her like majorette uniform that she has to wear for the um her like waitressing gig. And Ray is there because like I show. I mean, Shoshana is elsewhere, which we'll get to. But Marnie just kind of like breaks down about Charlie's success, and Ray encourages her to pursue her real dream. <laughs> And then he, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, I, I my Wi-Fi is a little bad. Go on. Oh no, I think me too. Um, but that's okay. Um, he he says, "What's your dream?" And she she says, "I want to sing." And then she said, "Okay, what's your what's your second dream?" 
which is so good. But I also, I don't know. It, it is, it's a, it's a very true moment. I also love Ray as, of course, he's in their apartment all day when Shoshan is not there. That's, you know, accurate character yeah. detail. He lives there. Yeah. He, oh, that, I mean, he, he does. There. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, but then she sings Don't Know Why by Nora Jones as her, like, <laughs> audition song, which, yeah, too, like, too of rare. course, of course. Very, uh, very American Idol. The line that really made me laugh from this, though, was, like, when Ray's telling her that she has to, like, go after her dream and, like, pursue it now because the, quote, mm-hmm. clay is drying. That was <laughs> beyond, like, beyond... <laughs> That you're never gonna look this good again. The clay is drying, which hit hit me where it hurts, honestly. Yeah, I I love Ray. I really do. Yeah, I love Ray. Speaking of loving Ray, um, Shoshana. Yes, um, Shoshana has a fun episode. Um, We're still kind of, I think, only only seeing surface level Shoshana in a lot of ways, but. Um, she is walking through, is it, they're, they're walking around and they're walking Shosh around Washington is, Square Park, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I, in my memory, it's like NYU. I don't know. Yeah. It is, that isn't, wait, is that not? Oh, NYU? okay. Yeah. I, what do I know? Um, and Shosh's friend Radika, uh, rolls by on rollerblades. <laughs> Shosh shrieking Radika is permanently burned into my brain. See, I've been Radika! saying like in my apartment um, to myself for two days now. She says, um, Radika's the richest Hindi I know. She says that after <laughs> she rollerblades away. But she's this, um, you know, hilarious rich New Yorker who is like late for a shopping date uh, and invites Shosh to her party later. Uh, and Shosh totally wants to go, and Ray doesn't. Um, at one point, she says, um, "Like my biggest fear is people thinking I died, and and it's happening." Because Radika told her, "Like where have you been?" And it's because of Ray. She's like losing herself in the relationship a little bit, which is, you know, I mean that that kind of happens. But it's funny to see Shosh this kind of young. Uh, she wants to be this like sex in the city socialite and she's kind of realizing that you know having a boyfriend she's she ain't that yeah and i think it's also exacerbated by jessa dipping out too mm-hmm. um and i think this is the first time that she's like born witness to like jessa's like abandonment cycle that like marnie and hannah have gone through so she's kind of adrift about that and is just worried about like she just wants to feel visible. Definitely. Um, and she goes to this party and talks Radika's ear off. Her Radika's eyes are glazing over. Radika's yeah. ta- or Josh is talking about. I, I think if just. I, ha- go ahead. Oh no! I I was just gonna say if I saw like a woman at a party with that side braid slash ponytail hybrid i would not know what to do i would immediately be like we have to just talk for the rest of the night like i need to know everything about you 
Radhika was not a good friend in this moment. No, she wasn't. She was also like trying to host a party and Shoshana's, um, you know, cornering her with her relationship like, issues. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like Shoshana is wrong for this, but yes, also 100% have been there. Um, but it's, I don't know. She, she's kind of breaking down in that moment. And then Radhika walks away because sh- someone ashed in her mermaid, quote unquote, which another yeah. line with me. Um, <laughs> and she runs into this hot mailman or doorman. And then they, they have a moment that he, he says he thought she recognized her from the club, which is ab- that's can't be true. Cannot they, be true. No, cannot. Um, but she's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, probably me. <laughs> they end up making out. And yeah, after he says, you're really good looking for a doorman. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, he is. He is a really good looking doorman. Yeah. So that's kind of where we leave her, though. I mean, this was, yeah, t- like I said, table setting episode for all of the all the girls and one guy. And the table, the table looks great. Some good centerpieces. I'm excited for the meal. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I did that, but I am no, excited. No, but I, I mean, I'm excited for the meal in the sense that, like, <laughs> the way these plots like come together are so like it, it's just very well written. The next two episodes, but like the the misery of it all is. Is tough. I know a lot of people who actually stopped watching after next week's. Oh my god! Yeah, just because it was it was so dark and like they just didn't keep up with it. Wow, you need to talk to those people and have them pick it back up and listen to our. Oh, I I have been. I've been evangelizing, but it's uh... good. You just have to push through it. It's it's fun to watch uncomfortable horror. Yeah, I think like this is. about as dark as the show ever gets. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's, it's 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 hard to bear, but it is bearable. It's yeah. hard to bear in a good way. Um. Okay. Should we do our final segment? Yes. Let's, Julia. Which girl were you this week? Okay. It was honestly a little hard for me. I I, I think maybe Marnie. I I've never identified with Marnie. I don't think when we've done this, um, I don't think but something about something about Marnie feeling so kind of groundless. She doesn't have anything going on right now. So she's really grasping at straws and showing up at her ex's workplace. I, I've, I've never done that, but I, I feel like I've felt um, unstable in the same way she's feeling. Yeah, I, I agree with all of the above. I mean, I've been a Marnie more often than not on this show, but yeah, this week definitely uh, having like en- like ex envy about their success is a uh, a very real phenomenon. Having a breakdown in short shorts also a very real phenomenon that I've experienced many a time in my life. So I uh, <laughs> I see I saw her, but what about the rankings for the girls? Who did you have this week? Okay, I actually didn't write down my ranking, so I might have to go off the dome. Um, Shoshana's obviously on top. She hooks up with the doorman. She is 
I don't know, kind of, she seems pretty relatively stable and like she's realizing things about her relationship that might not sit right, which is a powerful thing. Yeah. And she's uh, very self-aware and in tune with herself, which is more than most people can say. Especially on this show. Um, Yes. And then I think Marnie, because she, she is having a rough one. She is showing up at Charlie's office and then being um, shooed out by a lip sync, but um, she's not doing nearly as badly as Jessa and Hannah, who are the the bottom two. Yeah, I I agree with that ranking almost exactly. I I don't think I could pick between like Jessa or Hannah having a worse week. Yeah, like. I think. I don't know. I, I think we, we also just don't know because Jessa is off. Um, who knows where? I th- is Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Jessa's gone from the rest of the season, right? I think she is, yeah. And then we... Uh, let's, let's not give spoilers, but yeah, yeah, I think she is gone for the rest of the season. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a loss. I, what a loss. I mean, we'll have... I guess we only have two more episodes this season, so we'll see her soon. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see her soon, but like she maybe I'll put her above Hannah for this week just because she gets out while the getting is good and does not have to watch what does not have to be there for what we're about to witness next week. That is true. Yeah, and Hannah, I mean, like I said before, she, you really you really sympathize with her um in these episodes or at least I do. Yeah, I I definitely do too. Like I I find Hannah in many ways very like sympathetic as a character it just sometimes i don't know i just i don't always think they write her like a real human being but like those are those moments are few and far between this is the first week i think we've been since we've been doing this show that i was like oh this is they've kind of like not they don't have a great handle on what this character is supposed to be doing like at any given time but that's the small critique. Like sure, Hannah sure. Horvath is one of the greatest characters in television history. Amen. I um, do have one more update. Yes, please. <laughs> well, it's not so much as an update as I'm repurposing a segment that we usually do with our guests. Um, I did have a girl's boyfriend this week, a new one. Yes. Okay. Tell. Well, it's just his dad. <laughs> like the only oh, new male character no. we met. I, no, he's, I'm sorry, unfortunately, extremely my type. So that oh was, uh, that's, I just have to be honest about that. Did the accent do it for you or? Uh, accent, um, upstate hippie artist type, like. Drives around with like old computers in his truck. <laughs> like that kind of, not like the hoarder stuff, but that kind of old car. I mean, it's, sure. it's, it's kind of, it's like a little European. I don't know. I, I was, I was into it, into the vibe. I like rabbits too, but I, I'm not like, not like not that. To not to yeah. eat. Well, I, would, I mean, I've eaten rabbit, but like, I would not pet a rabbit and then kill it. That seems insane on in the brain it, of me, but anyway. Yeah. He is a hot, I, I, I don't find him, I find him hot as a, as an actor, Ben Mendelsohn, but I, I don't. Um, I'm not drawn to him in in costume <laughs> in this role. 
as Salvatore uh, Johansson, Johansson. Yeah, honestly, a little repulsed. Um, I think well, that's just me because he's a shithead. <laughs> repulsion. No, I mean that's that's. A, I wasn't saying anything about his personality. So. Okay. Um, that's. I just okay. have to be honest. I mean, since we're doing, I'm trying to think. I, I guess Adam is probably my my girl's boyfriend again this week. Yeah, he was on his best behavior too. Like he's not usually mine, but I really got him this week. Yeah. Um, and I really, yeah, I like I like the Natalia character a lot too. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk more, we'll see more of her too. But I also found out this week that um, Cherie Appleby is married to for any LA listeners, uh, John from John and Vinny's. Which is a. What's John very, and Vinny's? Are you familiar, is Julia? No, is it Buzzy? Oh, it's like arguably LA's biggest Italian restaurant. It's like a big oh. celebrity spot. Oh, amazing. I'll have to go and celebrity watch. Is it good? Have you been there? Yes, I have. And it is very good. They're known for this like spicy fusilli that like. Um, yeah. A lot of people have like talked. Like Tanache has a song about it, crazily. So like, it's uh, okay. it's it's notable. It's notable. I gotta go. Um, I I love that. I also think it's really cool to be uh, married to a restaurateur. Oh yeah, that's that's a very like. If you want to date in the quote unquote industry, but like don't want to date an entertainer, date a right. food guy. I think that's yeah. like. Like, Amy Schumer's husband's a chef, too. Okay, here's the thing, though. A food guy, yes. A chef, I don't know. I think chefs are supposed to be crazy. Yeah, but I think John I think John was a chef slash is a chef. Oh. Well, like, so he's is not- mostly a restaurant. He owns a, a restaurant empire in, okay, like, West maybe- Hollywood. Maybe he's he's moved on from like in the kitchen chefing though. Oh, he's definitely not in the kitchen chefing. Like Gordon Ramsay's not like in the kitchen chefing. Sure, sure. But th- then yeah. those are more businessmen. I feel businessmen in the food world. Okay, I can I see I see the <laughs> distinction you're making. I see the distinction. You know, I I feel like being a chef like high stress. But being John from John and Vinny's, that seems lovely. <laughs> mogul behavior (laughs) yeah exactly that seems um not low stress but you know you you have time for shri yeah uh i love her um this was a great app i mean i think we we made a lot with these two episodes which i think i don't i i was I, i don't love these episodes in the grand scheme of this season no, they I there were bits and pieces that I really liked, but for the most part, I thought these were kind of not the strongest pair, but um, still lots to talk about, still lots to like, and uh, like the acting and the the humor really carries weaker episodes of these sh- this show. I thought I find. Absolutely. I agree. Oh, well, well, thank you, Drew. This was fun. This was so much fun. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we will be back next week for the final two episodes of season two. Yeah, get your microphone and cocktail dress ready. because Yes. And have the questions prepared. Yes. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.